everyone, and welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And together we are Drew and Jeff. I don't know why I keep saying that. We're not a comedy team. I beg to differ, but uh, <laughs> unless you feel like we you're are, the straight man, and, and you know, I don't know, which seems wrong, I, wrong to me on so many levels. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm a straight man. Yeah, I said wrong uh, on so many levels. <laughs> okay, um, so if you're just joining us, uh, first of all, that's weird because this is the eighth episode, um, but if somehow you have no idea what's going on, here's the deal. Jeff and I are big fans of the British sitcom The Young Ones from the 80s, and what we're doing is we're watching it together, uh, making occasional comments about it, uh, mostly just laughing, and then before and after it, we talk about things Afterwards, we talk about the episode. Beforehand, we talk about whatever it is that has crossed our mind to discuss. So that's what's going on. Uh, I'm going to say this later, too. But just so you know, we have a Twitter. It is Starship Warlock uh, without the podcast part in the middle because that was apparently too long for Twitter. Uh, so if you are interested in communicating with us in some way, that is a great way to do it. You can follow that Twitter and you can tweet at us or or. DMS or whatever, uh, whatever the kids do these days, and then uh, we'll we'll take your question on the air, assuming you get it in before we finish recording these. It'd be nice if we had one of those. If we had one of what? If we if we had an actual uh, question from somebody, we we've got four more oh, weeks yes. after this one. So come on, come on, people. Yeah, <laughs> please. I know you're dying to know things. So yes. All right. Uh, so today, before we watch this episode, so this episode is called Cash, uh, and in it, I hope I'm not spoiling anything, uh, one of the boys has to get a job. So Jeff and I thought it might be interesting to talk about some of the jobs that we've had in our life. Jeff, what was the first job you had? The first job that I had uh, was um, I worked for Shat Stationery, which was... Um, a, uh, well, it was a stationery store in the mall, and um, you know, it was a big deal, the mall. You, you might have seen Stranger Things, where one of the seasons takes place in the mall. That was, uh, that was a pretty big deal. Um, uh, Wait, was that the actual mall? No. Uh, no, it looked very, oh, okay. it looked very close, because all malls in the 80s looked like that. I mean, that, that place actually opened in, I think, 1984 or something, so that was kind of spot on. And... Um, and I worked there over um, over the Christmas season. Uh, I remember it was. I remember being pissed off that I was there that one night because it was uh, Simpsons roasting on open fire. The first Simpsons episode, the Christmas episode, aired, and I was stuck. Um, I was stuck working, and uh, and we didn't have a VCR at the time. My parents wouldn't buy a VCR until after I finished high school because they said I would spend all my time. Um, watching movies uh that that's a whole other story and, and involves the how su- unlikely and involves the summer in between um in between high school and college where i had my wisdom teeth out and uh and my parents finally got a vcr and i was uh um hopped up on codeine watching uh yellow submarine 12 times in a three-day span um uh, which i've still never seen by the way Oh my God! Uh, we should do a Yellow Submarine watch uh, rewatch. I, I, I <laughs> bonus can, episode. Well, it's it's funny. I used to record a lot of movies on uh, on cassette tape um, because we didn't have videotape, and so I would put the cassette tape right next to the TV and listen to. It. And so I did Yellow Submarine like that. And so my freshman year of of college, I used to listen to um, Yellow Submarine, not the album, but the movie, over and over again while I was doing my calculus homework. So. Uh, 
go figure. Um, I, I have things, I, I have things integrated into my memory. If you see what I just did there. Um, uh, but at any rate, are you waiting for me to see what you did there? No, because I don't think you're gonna get that. No, it's uh, it wasn't worth it. Never mind. Um, anyways, back to jobs. So um, we only do tutor jobs, and um, so my first my first job that lasted about a year or so. Um, and uh, I mean, again, I was in high school. Um, and that, that horrible, horrible Christmas where, you know, in addition to stationary stores, we had like Hummel figurines and precious moments. And you had, um, you had the, the elderly ladies who were intent on getting, uh, the precious moment or the Hummel figurines that they wanted right before, um, Christmas. And of course there'd be like only one left of some particular type. And like, um, they got into, they got into literal fist fights. Uh, I think there were purse, purses thrown, um, at each other uh, because they wanted the last one that was there. Like, it was savage. It was savage. You, you think of, you know, this is the era of the Cabbage Patch Kids and everybody fighting over that, but... Uh, I was just thinking of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, this is 1989, so it was a few years later, but, uh, yeah, apparently that's, um, you know, that's what happened. Um, you know, uh, do not mess with uh, a pensioner and their, uh, their little figurines. Uh, Hummel has a lot of lot to answer for there. I feel like they could have just made yeah. more. Yeah, the the crazy. It's true. The the other thing I remember from that was that they had these little dancing flowers. I, I don't know if you remember ones like this where it would, you know, if you played music, the thing would kind of dance around. It was it was plastic. Oh, yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. And so I remember they had. Um, oh God, what was the Christmas album that had you know Madonna and Run DMC and stuff like that. Uh, um, I can't think of the name of it. Wow, I really don't know. I keep wanting to say a very special Christmas, very Brady Christmas or whatever, but it's the one that has Christmas and Hollis on it and has uh, Madonna singing Santa Baby. And uh, um, at, at any rate, uh, having uh, seeing that dancing flower dancing around to run DMC was, um, it was a thing. I, I can't, <laughs> that sounds great, I can't actually. hear that song anymore without thinking of that damn flower. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what was your first job? <laughs> All right. So here's the story. Um, I, I, how old must I have been? 15, 16, probably at least 16. Uh, and where I grew up, and probably you too, given how close together geog- geographically we were. Um, East Coast, everything's close. We had to get working papers. Was that a thing for you too, where you had to like get this little green card that said, "Hey, this this kid is old enough to have a job." I don't remember that. I, m- I remember my you know learner's permit for driving, but I don't I don't remember that. This is a lot like that. It is a learner's permit for working. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I had to get that in order to start getting jobs. And of course, I can't remember if my family was like, "You must get a job," or, or exactly how that conversation took place. I think I was probably okay with it. I, I did want. To, to have some pocket money to, to do things with. And it was sort of inevitable. But I, I was afraid that I was going to end up doing the kind of McJob that, you know, most kids have. Um, so I did go and I, I did interview at a grocery store, which is so surreal when I put those words together, but I guess you do. So I went and, and interviewed and uh, I can't remember if they offered me the job or not, but clearly I didn't take it. Um, when I was doing these things, I remember my dad saying to me, look, 
they're not going to come to you. You got to go to them. So you've got to go out and uh, you know talk to these places of work, and you know uh, bring them your resume and apply actively and do all this sort of thing. And uh, and you know you've got to follow up. You've got to call them afterwards and everything else. Um, and so I. I think I must have applied to the local radio station. So in the small town that I lived in, uh, it was just a local station. You know, it had call letters and everything, but um, it was community radio. And I thought, oh, that sounds fun. And they were they were looking for a DJ. And uh, so I applied. And you know, my dad's like, well, you got to call him back. You got to call him back. And they called me, <laughs> brought me in, and hired me. So uh, it was a lot easier than uh, than my dad thought it would be, certainly. And because we were in a small town, I'm sure they didn't have a huge, you know, line of applicants out the door or anything like that. But, you know, I was a kid. Uh, granted, I was doing theater then in high school and, you know, singing and everything. And so I I had some vague knowledge of how to use my voice. And so that was sort of my credential. So my first job was working in a local radio station, which is much better than I had hoped for. And in college, in college, you did do a little bit of WRUR, didn't you? I did, but I didn't actually do that until afterwards. Okay. So after I graduated, my girlfriend became the music director there for a little while. And uh, and so I got a show uh, kind of, I think it was either before or after hers or something like that. And so I was doing that. I just remember the picture I saw with you and David Byrne and like eating a pizza or something like that. <laughs> it was a pumpkin pie. Oh, okay. It was something yeah, wedge shaped. Um, that's the important thing. That's, that maybe is an even more interesting story than the one I'm telling now, but uh, maybe another time. So, so this job was, it was even interesting, I think, for the radio, uh, at least in my experience. So, in this station, you know, as you can imagine, like if you're a DJ, right, you're in the booth. Nobody really sees you except the people who are in that office. But uh, I was required to wear a shirt and tie for that job. And it's the only job I've ever had where I had to wear anything more formal than like a polo shirt. Mm. So I came to work every day. Too. Interesting. You did really? I How think funny. so. But for uh, a radio station, you figure it should be a little more relaxed. I, I was uh, oddly enough just watching clips today on on uh, YouTube of WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, don't ask me why, but I, I, at any rate, um, this is your story, not mine. Oh, <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to <laughs> no, it. No, there isn't. So, I mean, that was one weird thing about the job. I mean. I suppose it's not weird, but another thing was, and I don't know, again, I don't know how much this was true for other radio stations, but everything was very tightly programmed. So I had a certain, I had commercials that I had to play at certain times and they were all on these like uh, plastic carts, cartridges, I guess we call them carts. I don't know what their full name is. <laughs> Cartridge von Cart. Cartridge. So we had to we had to play these commercials at a particular time and log them. We had to fill the intervening time with music, um, and so I, you know we were playing things like Anne Murray and Barry Manilow and Neil Diamond, oh, and God. then we had adult contemporary CDs with like Richard Marks on them and Lisa Stansfield and stuff like this, expose. Um, you know it. Musically, it maybe was not a super progressive radio station, but you know it was all new to me, so it was really it was really fun. 
Um, you said expose. Was you ended on a high note, I think, as far as that goes. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, but it was, I'll never get over you getting over me. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, point of no return or something. Oh, which so, is my favorite expose, yes. Um, yeah, it is. That's a great one. We are children uh, of the 80s. You, can you tell? Um, yeah, in fact, that's probably my favorite, too. Yeah. So what, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So we also had, you know, these these news stories that we would get off the AP Newswire. You know, you'd rip them off the facts. That was the thing. <laughs> they, they came in by fax. What's a fax, You drip them off. <laughs> a fax is a machine that sends data between two printers. Sort of. Uh, okay. We could do a whole podcast on the fax. Fascinating. Let's, but, let's uh, <laughs> but yeah, I had to read commercials. I recorded a few. That was really fun uh, because there was a little bit of acting involved there. Um, and sort of the most... The worst thing about that job was, I can't remember if I had to do this twice. I think I only did it once, but I, I was a radio clown. Not a rodeo clown, but a radio clown. Because uh, we did these things called remotes, you know, where you would go out and you'd broadcast from some local location in the community, like the state fair, or uh, in this case, out in front of the mailboxes, et cetera. So <laughs> we, I, I, I wore the full clown suit and makeup and everything, and I terrified myself uh and i never wanted to do please that again please tell so there me there are pictures some, please there is one picture i'll have to see if i can find okay. it okay i uh I, i'm dying i'm di on so many levels uh, i'm dying i had never heard that before um yep yep so you know as as like high school jobs go it really was not that bad there was a lot of i learned actually a lot of cool things from it but uh as a radio job, it sounds way cooler than it actually was. And that, and that so yeah, that was my first job. And that prepared you for um, for doing things like leaving uh, messages on um, on Drama House answering machines for uh, for house meetings and things like that that we used to do all the time. <laughs> um, yes, that was definitely uh, the the culmination of that yeah. particular professional see thread. See our, our dorms, our, the phones on the, in our dorms were Realm phones. They were basically business phones, and so you could actually record, um, uh, you could actually record messages and forward them around to uh, to everybody in your building or or everybody on campus and things like that. There was a um, there was an infamous message that was forwarded around fifty million times, so much so that you could. Um, you know that the "Hey guys, listen to this message" was longer than the actual message itself, and the, the <laughs> sound quality started degrading with each one. And it was just some idiot shouting about jelly on their hot dog. Um, and uh, oh, that's what that was. Yeah, you remember that? I uh, I, I have yep. I, I've actually recorded quite a bit from um, from college from old answering machines, and I I have that sitting. Um, yeah, I have that message recorded somewhere um, because I never throw anything away. It really is surprising how um, how much of this stuff revolves around technology that is now completely obsolete, uh, and how incomprehensible this podcast is going to be to anyone under like thirty. That's true. It's true. I mean, you know, I had a I had a Mac, you know, LC, one of the first color Macs, and and the fact that you could actually capture a little bit of sound, which we used to capture in um, in a couple of sound programs. So you know, your hour beep would would be. Uh, would be some sound that you recorded or something like that. I remember somebody sneaking in and changing, um, uh, changing the hour beep to uh, to a line from Monty Python. Um, uh, you know, I wonder if you might have the amazing adventures of Captain Gladys Stoat's pamphlet and Intrepid Spaniel Stig amongst the giant pygmies off Beckles, Volume Eight. 
And so it was noon and that thing chimed 12 times. And because Macs were non-preemptive multitasking, it means that it froze the computer for that entire time while it played that 12 times in a row. And I had a report I needed to print out. Um, Someone did this to themselves? Oh, that was no, the, one of the, this the computer is, this, center? This is because I let Mika use my computer. Mika, if... Oh, if, all right. That was your first yeah, mistake. Mika, if you're listening... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's such a Mika thing to do, it really. Ah, uh, listeners, we're talking about people you've never met. This is true. Fascinating. Well, actually, we are. I mean, I've never met Vivian, Rick, Neil, or Mike, so... yeah. Uh, I mean, we've talked about whether or not they remind us of people that we we went to school with or whatever. And I have to say, not not really. All right, maybe Neil, but um, that was the closest, I think, actually. Um, Neil sort of has Greg's voice and hair. Yeah, I could see that. Um, or or Greg, Greg is Greg, a little Vivianish. Greg as he was back back then. Yeah. Um, th- these are all people that nobody here knows, but like. Uh, and we're not going into detail about them either. I don't know, but if they're listening, they could call in with questions, and we could have them as guests on the show. Um, I sincerely doubt that'll happen, but uh, that would be amusing. It would really be amazing if Greg were listening to this. Yes. Uh, yeah, I need to find out what he's up to. Yeah, he quit Facebook, I think, recently. So, uh, Well, good for him. Yeah. I'm not there either, <laughs> in case anyone out there is stalking me. I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sorry, but it's possible that of the 10 people that have listened to uh, to this podcast, uh, it's possible that a bunch of them have listened to it because I posted it on Facebook. So who knows? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, honestly, probably most of them. I, I would be shocked if anybody came from somewhere else. Maybe they're stumbling across it and they're like, have you heard this weird podcast? All right. that's, I, I, that's... I better come clean. It's me on 10 different computers. <laughs> Jeff, it means a lot that you would even do yeah, that. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, you know I would. All right. So uh well those are our first jobs. Uh to be honest, that was my most interesting job that I've ever had. Everything else has really been kind of in the same vein. Um so unless you have another interesting job to talk about, we could get into the episode. Yeah, no, not particularly. I mean, you know, I could talk about how I volunteered at the the planetarium at, at uh, Mystic Seaport well, and stuff cool. like that. That, that was that was pretty cool. You know, I got to run the um, a couple of times. I got to actually run the planetarium, and it was a volunteer job, but um, it was great because uh, you didn't have to pay me to do the stars. I wanted to be an astronomer at that at that age when I grew up, and uh, um, and the fact that I could actually run the thing and say, "Let's see what this looks like in the southern hemisphere." Like that was that was way cool for me. Um, the other thing is that they had an old uh, IBM PC that. Uh, had Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on there, the text adventure game, and I played the living hell out of that. The the Babelfish uh, puzzle, I remember taking up a good deal of part of my summer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that game. That that part was a little vicious. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I cheated to finish it. I always looked up the hints. Yeah, I, I don't remember if I actually finished the game. I certainly didn't at that time, but I, I know I got past that part of it. Um, yeah, I, I was too impatient. Hmm. But I mean, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. That's true. That's how I see it. Speaking of fun, yes. let's watch some young ones. Yes. Oh, actually, uh, there was one, one other thing I was going to mention about this episode, which is oh, sure. that this is the first episode that I ever saw. It was the first one on that tape that you had. Oh. So, uh, and, and I still maintain it is, um, as I said, I think Bambi is my favorite episode. Uh, and... 
bomb, which we've already seen, or cash is second, and I haven't decided which, so I think we'll I'll decide after I I watch this. But um, there's certainly a lot of quotable lines in there. That in fact, there's a quotable line that um, uh, that might seem very familiar if you're looking at the title of this podcast. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, this is it. This is the one you've been waiting for, everyone. So let's get into it. All 10 of you. Uh, in just a minute, we will start it up. So go and get your legally purchased copy of the DVD uh, every stupid episode of The Young Ones uh, and get that queued up to the episode cash. And in just a second, I will count us down. But full disclosure, uh, Jeff and I have to launch our DVD player apps. So we're going to pause for just a second and there will be a part of this that's edited out and you'll never know what we said. No, I already did it. So I'm already now. Okay. And we are ready to go. So I'm going to count us in. Uh, three, two, one, play. When I say play, hit your play button, and hopefully you'll be perfectly synced up. So if you are ready to watch this with us, uh, when I say the word play, hit play on your DVD player, and we'll be set to go. Three, two, one, play. I do love Neil looking like a troll doll. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. They rearranged everything, didn't they? Well, there's certainly a lack of things to arrange. I suppose that's the problem. Vivian, the interior decorator. <laughs> Rick's got wood. I rust my case. Well anticipated. Mm -hmm. I might have seen the show before. Ooh, foreshadowing.
did not get that jo uh, joke when I was younger. I'm not sure I get it now. He didn't sneeze in all of them. Huh, that's interesting. Love the arm swinging pose he does. It's watching Viv's face. I know. Oh my god, Rick's a Padawan. <laughs> you keep saying that. Did I? Must be true then. That's the third time. And here's where the budget went for this episode. <laughs> Ouch. 
The one on the left looks like Jermaine Clement and what we do in the shadows. Oh, yeah. Second episode in a row with a decapitated head. Yep. Oh, yes. <laughs> Smells good, though. Ugh. If Gallagher was British. <laughs> Klaus! I love this bit. Vivian's neighborly voice. <laughs> Which makes him very sarcastic. Rick, Antifa. I used to think he was saying, why can't you use Vivian for a chair? He's bendable. That's what I thought it is. He's burnt them all, is what he said. No, no bendable's fine. Oh, here's another classic bit. Well spotted.
<laughs> That's an album cover title. Yep. Woman. Yeah, it's the way it says woman that makes that. At least he spared us watching him eat his own earwax. Right. I used to think he meant uh, that a bunch of kids knew what his earwax tasted like. It's much less disturbing now that I understand the the thing he was saying. axons <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> uh, memories Actually, the one on the left looks like Kevin Klein. Good link. Another classic segment. 
That's from all the earwax. Bone spurs. Alright, so is Vivian lying or does he sincerely believe this is what's happening? Well, I think we're meant to think that he's lying. Well, not to spoil the rest of the episode. Yes. Why is he calling me Thatcher? <laughs> I forgot this was here. So weird. And that's why I forgot it was there, because it means absolutely freaking nothing. <laughs> but Vivian knows. Mike taught him. I know. Well, Mike's taught them all how to read, how to, how to read a watch.
<laughs> Unfortunately, now very topical mm-hmm. again. I was also thinking there's an Alice's Restaurant comment you can make here, but... I mean, do you think he wrote the routine first and they figured out how to fit it in the episode or the other way around? I was just wondering about that. Well, not so much nowadays. Right. I would love to see a whole stand-up routine of his. Musical guest, everyone. Do you like this better or Dr. Martin's Boots? I think I prefer Dr. Martin's Boots. So this explains Eurovision, yes? I was going to say, this is this, this really makes sense as a Eurovision parody, but I didn't realize that at the time. <laughs> Rheumatism, I never caught that before. Ha, 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 ha. 
That was one possible name for this podcast. Yes. <laughs> His expression is so weird. Ooh. He's got a bit of a chest burster there. Yeah. <laughs> Rock me like a hurricane. Can we have more police like this? <laughs> Seems like it might be better. <laughs> I love that bit so much. There are so many good lines in this episode. The man of the hour. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> Here it is, everybody. I swear I thought he was going to say internet. Too real.
Oh, the shoes are great. I'm so sad about that. I have to say the underwear that they have throughout the series is unique. <laughs> thinking of Sick in particular. I mean, it's not exactly Vivian's car, but... <laughs> such a weird joke I have no idea what it means <laughs> Rick His hair. <laughs> Aha! Caught you, caught you putting ketchup on your caviar. I've used that joke in a Comedia on stage. Very wise, Mike. <laughs> Is that the second time the house has been destroyed? Yes, but they don't get this a third place. the first place time after for that house. house. I mean, and do you count bomb with at least their uh their roof destroyed when a bomb fell through it, but... Uh, oh, true, yeah. It's cartoon rules. Family Guy even lampshades an episode of the Flintstones like that, where, like, you know, Fred lost a job, and the next episode, everything's back to normal. <laughs> I always find it fascinating to me how the end theme is nothing like the original... Uh, the opening theme. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, 
You know, if this were a good podcast, we'd know what that last theme is, like where it came from. I think they just made it up themselves. It's the Young Ones end theme. <laughs> they made it up themselves. Where do you think songs come from, Jeff? I think they spring fully formed from um, from some part of Athena's body. And I'm guessing in this case, because <laughs> it's the Young Ones, it sprung from her bottom. Well, uh, that's certainly more vivid than I was bargaining for when I asked that question. Mm, well, never ask a question that you, from me that you uh, don't want to know the answer to. All right, fair enough. Mm -hmm. uh, lawyer's rules, here we go. Mm -hmm. uh, I want an answer to this question. What do you think of Cash? It was... I, I'm I'm struggling, as in, I mean, I still loved it. I mean, you know, the, the Darling Fascist Bully Boy bit uh, kills me every single time. Um, uh, you know, the open up, it's the pigs. Of course, Starship Captain Warlock. Yes. Um, there's, there's so many quotable lines for this, and I'm debating, I'm still debating whether or not I had a more visceral reaction to bomb than 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 this, but I mean, it's still very close. Um, I, I still this is still in my top three. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you. I really do love this, and I, I'd almost forgotten how many um, how many of those memorable bit, memorable bits were from this particular oh, episode. Oh, and uh, and the uh, the public service announcement, the TV announcement. Um, oh yes. You know, like I said, it's it's uh, this is Britain's answer to Gallagher, but uh, except it's funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, th I thought there was more to that. No. Uh, and of course, I'm sure you love the bit about uh, you won't catch me with me trousers. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a thing on YouTube of that being filmed, and again, if this were a good podcast. I'd remember why that's even interesting, but you can still find it and, and watch them trying to film well, it's, that. It's, I think he does a few more bits. You know, there's there's random bits. There's you know the um, uh, the the special branch, right? I mean, okay, that's that's a good joke, like you know the or a good random joke, like you know the don't look at me, I'm irrelevant. Okay, that's fine. But then you, then you yeah. have that uh, won't catch me with your trousers, and you have the bit with the dogs. You know that that's one of those like okay, but it's it's. It's an interstitial, but it's not even that funny. It's just, it's just weird. Um, and and which I like. No, I'm I'm okay with that. It's funny. It's I mean, some of them land, some of them don't. You know, I mean, if you want to compare with other episodes, you know, as opposed to the the fly on the wall documentary film crew, which to me is is even though that's in the middle of nowhere, that one's. Um, uh, well, there they dissolve back into the episode with you know um, Rick uh, or, or is it Viv spray, uh, spraying the flies. It's kind of the equivalent of yeah, it's Rick. Yeah, it's kind of the equivalent with the ghosts here doing the you know um, you don't have to get aggressive. Cutting to Rick yelling, "I am not getting aggressive," and and so they yep. they found a nice way to tie little bits of that together. Um, oh, and of course, yeah, there's the whole bit with the next door neighbor in particular. As you pointed out, the best part is is um, Vivian. Trying showing a different side to his personality, um, very much forced. Um, <laughs> he is so great doing that. It's, it's so funny. Well, it's, I don't know why. Well, it's funny when they're when they're you know grotesque in their own ways. We've certainly uh, we've certainly pointed towards Rick when you know um, Rick's reaction to Vivian being pregnant and just that that I mean it really is it really is a funny grotesque stuff that uh, that both. Rick and Viv do throughout these shows, and they're both in um, uh, they're both in evidence in this episode in fine form. Yeah, Rick's Rick's expression when he comes over to to listen to the baby is so weird. Um, I don't really want to get into it, but it, it is it is strange to look at it now and go like, what, what, 
appeal does this have for you? It's, I mean, it's the way that both Rick and Viv hold their faces. Like I said, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, you know grotesque, and I don't mean that as in as an upsetting, but I mean as in exaggerated. Um, yep. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think what sort of artists or sculptors uh, sculptors might use faces like that as uh, as an um, as an inspiration, and for. Uh, for Rick, it's also the way he holds himself, you know, uh, when, when he's got his arms at his, um, on his hips kind of spread forward, his, his, um, his, uh, one of his feet is, uh, is very much leaning forward in front of the other. I mean, it's almost like, I was going to say, it's like a weird dancer's pose or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating, um, it's something I'd think of almost out of comedia in a way. It's, it's, you know, and none of the other characters would do that. I mean, um, uh, although you know, I, I guess one of the other little physical bits that we uh, we kind of laughed at was you know when they're dancing around yelling house meeting house meeting like it's it's almost like I feel like that there's especially fitting with this episode that it's you know there's cavemen sitting around a fire and just sitting there and and you know you could dub it with uh, with ape noises and it wouldn't be too far out of place. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, especially about Rick's physicality. I, I think. Um, Another thing that happens for me with that is that I've seen this so much that, like, I know the movies he's going to make. It's almost wa- like watching a ballet for me. A- absolutely. Because uh, it's like, oh, yeah, this comes next, then this comes next, then he does this weird thing, uh, then he uses his middle finger to point to things, as apparently they do in Britain. Uh, it doesn't mean what it means here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's just something really sort of, like, gracefully ridiculous about it that I enjoy. It's, it's odd to I, use the form, uh, to word use the word graceful considering the fact that it's supposed to be so you know vulgar is what it is but but it is true that that it's like it has the feeling of both it's it's casual and oddly enough um uh orchestrated like those movements mean so much to the character um it's a good character study in in uh, like i almost between that and them holding the faces like i think of mask work i mean i i i do commedia dell'arte and and um I'm I'm struck by how much uh, this fits kind of um, not so much an archetype that would be fil- featured in Commedia itself, but but uh, in its own way that it it takes on you know it is a very very strong definite form. It's not you know this is not a character that's that's there for introspection, but like the the actual ticks are very very in evidence. And I mean um, you know Rick. I mean, I guess you look at the other characters that he played over the years, and it always feels like certain bits of his ego, certain bits of his uh, personality from, um, you know, in Lord Flashheart. Uh, if you've seen his version of uh, of Herod in uh, in Jesus Christ Superstar, I mean, you know, you can imagine. I mean, it's you know, there, there isn't and Drop Dead Fred or whatever. You know, it's 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 Rick, so there isn't that much range. But what you get and where he drops in, it feels like you know the world deforms around him for the most part that a lot of those places where it's like you know it's him as the star and it's a testament to the series that even with something that strong that there's still such a balance between him and all the other characters uh half of that is probably aid i mean that the two of them have worked together so much and and they, they probably have the two um the two uh extreme most extreme characters in the whole thing um yeah i think um I think that Rick's uh, emotions are are really fascinating too. Sort of the way that he'll go through two or three different emotions 
in rapid succession from kind of obsequious to uh, uh, aghast or horrified to furious and just turning on a dime. Like, I mean, he has so many moods throughout the course of one scene uh, and it's it's so interesting to watch that sort of transition that he goes through from from mood to mood because he's a very inconstant kind of character. You kind of know how the others are going to react, but but Rick could uh, be terrified or he could be uh, super aggressive. Uh, you just never really know until he he reacts the way he reacts. Yeah, um, I. I... Yeah, I'm. I'm. That fascinates me every time I watch this. And now, like I said, you know, it was just funny watching it when I first saw the show and as a kid or whatever. But having done a bunch of stuff on stage, on on top of all that, just just admiring and realizing how much um, how much goes into that. You know, it's kind of funny in its own way that I can picture. Like I showed my friend John this, and I, I showed him Bambi, which I said if you're going to show him any episode, you show that. And like he was just he couldn't take it. It was four kids shouting uh, for him. But I mean, he was. You know, he was thirty something years older than I was, and it just wasn't his uh, his cup of tea. Um, but I, but for me, I'm utterly fascinated by um, by the by the the choices that are made in this uh, in the show. There was somewhere else I was going with it, which I don't quite remember. But um, uh, um, yeah, as I mentioned uh, during the show, uh, there are some jokes in here that are dirtier than I thought they were. <laughs> Uh, even as a teenager, and there's some jokes that are less dirty than I thought they were at the time. I'll tell you uh, something really, really dirty. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong show. Um, I, I think the only part I don't like, and I don't dislike it, I just, I'm glad when it's over, is the, the two ghosts walking through carrying their heads. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, there's there's funny moments in that bit, but not that many. Uh it's true, and, it just, and, and they, uh, they you, know. you know, if they did it once, that's fine. But it's also true that it gets called back, right? I mean, because they go, they go into next door, and then they come back, and and yeah, we, I, I do agree that we could deal with uh, with less of that. Um, uh, oh, and of course, but it does set up another fart joke. That's true. That's <laughs> true. And uh, oh, of course, and then there's um, there's Alexei's bit in this episode, the the fact that he looks like Mussolini being uh, being remarked upon and the one time that he doesn't have to play somebody being uh, being Russian. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's a very funny character. Um, yeah. I, I So yeah. Yeah, the stupid noises and the Eurovision stuff, like I said, you know, at the time I I wouldn't have known what Eurovision was, so that went right over my head. But the the, the Mussolini monologue I still find um one of the funnier things that he's done. Oh yeah. Uh there was there was a time and the time is probably still now that I can quote that thing for a baby. Oh yeah, I I could do. Um that, well, there's that and the whole uh uh, darling fascist bully boy sequence as well oh yeah um well and and the um and, and the whole uh the birds and the bees segment also um uh and neil's the table is shrinking that <laughs> gets me every time but, too there's there's so much good in this this yeah one. like i said because alexei uh was the musical guest and that was about it then clearly they they spent the budget on trying to make sure that uh, mike can nail himself to the table Ugh, gross. Um, as as everyone I'm sure saw during this one, this is where the name of our podcast comes from. It was from uh, Warlock talking on the radio, announcing himself as Starship Captain Warlock from the planet Freakout. So now you know, if you didn't before, and knowing is half where the battle. that comes from. 
the other half is shooting lasers at each other. So yeah, I got nothing, and never hitting. <laughs> oh, uh, so you think well, you're a stormtrooper? Got it. Okay. Well, no, this is this all ha- also happened to the GI Joe cartoon. Oh yes, that's true. Sorry. Um, at least my understanding. I, I don't actually have a strong recollection of that. I, I did. Uh, I had. I did watch the show. I was more of a Transformers fan, but I did watch uh, GI Joe because they were kind of joined at the hip in their own way. I mean, even though, I mean, they, they did a little crossover at one point later on when uh, when Transformers were in the future. But at any rate. The, the future of two thousand, <laughs> the future of two thousand and six. That's the funny part. Um, oh my god! Yeah. yeah, I watched Transformers, GI Joe, uh, and He Man. Uh, I think none of which are actually even watchable at this point. I, I've tried to watch He Man, and good lord, it's terrible. No, I mean, I, I knew even at the time. I mean, and you know, um, the original Thundercats. Um, I think I loved the 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 notion of Third Earth. Uh, you know, post-apocalyptic, uh, what have you, uh, and in Mumra, and I love the animation, but I, I think the rest of it might be a little painful too. I, I've not seen the reboots. I've been told the reboots have been uh, have been decent for the most part, but um, uh, yeah, you know, can't go home again. Yeah, childhood. Although real Ghostbusters, I've, I would watch. Uh, I would watch again. I guarantee some of those still hold up. Never watched any of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they did the one episode, the Collect Call of Cthulhu, which uh, JMS wrote. Actually, I think if I remember correctly, I mean, you're you are you are putting the Cthulhu mythos into an '80s cartoon show. I mean, what's not to like? Oh my God! Yeah. Well, this could develop into another pre-episode monologue, so we better nip this in the bud and That's wrap true. this up. You, got, you caught me. Maybe we'll come back to the subject of our childhood TV watching habits mm. uh, in a in a future one. Ooh, that, Who knows? That sounds like a good idea. So uh, that's that's been cash, everybody. So uh, again, if you want to find us online, uh, the Twitter is Starship Warlock, all one word, uh, and that's the best way to reach us. If you really want to use email, you can email inbox at starshippodcastwarlock.com. The why you would do that, I really don't know. Uh, and honestly, uh, email is overwhelming me these days. I, I can't keep up with it anymore. I have so much, so much to keep track of. Um, Old people problems. So okay, they're, they're mostly election. That's it for they're now. Mostly election notices, probably. Oh God, if only. Yeah. I mean, I. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be talking to you next time about the episode nasty. I think is next, right? I think so. I, I think the, it is. The, the the next few. I get the, the order confused on this, except obviously for the last one. I know what the last one is, but um, yeah. I hope this is the one that comes out closest to Halloween. That would be great. But I haven't done the math to figure it out. Ah, clever. Clever. Uh, Maybe what you can do at home is wait until next year uh, and watch it on Halloween then if it comes out too late. So that's an option for you, just to stretch this out as long as possible and have us in your life for as long as possible. But now we've definitely been going too long. So uh, we'll talk to you next time. This has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And this has been Starship Podcast Warlock. <laughs>